I can say today we're going to have a, uh, another discussion with uh, a dialogue on applied channel theory with uh, Yefim, who is in Portland at the moment. And I'm uh, Jonathan, I'm in Beijing. So we're just going to, uh, today we're going to talk about uh, uh, some of uh, Yefim's uh, methods of treating a lot of, uh, what do you call again? Uh, osteo. No, orthopedic disorder, orthopedic disorder, sorry, I always get that. <laughs> orthopedic disorders, right? Muscle, sinew issues. What do you call it You're, when you teach this course? What do you call the course again? Uh, well, different names, but, uh, well, many different things, but orthopedic disorders, yeah. Okay. And this is, uh, I think, whenever I talk to like Jason or Nisa or even uh, Mei Lee, was, I think she was one of your students a long time ago in New York. Yeah. And she, they all mentioned like how great that course was you taught on sports medicine, right? on treating a lot of channel sinew disorders, muscle kind of issues, orthopedic issues. Um, and Jason, he was uh, before, you know, when I was talking to Yafim about like what, what we could talk about, Jason was like, ask him about Yafim, what does he feel when he's palpating the channels for these disorders? Because you use this uh, technique, right, to decide which point to use. Maybe you can describe what that is. Yeah, sure. So um, just one thing, um, as far as I've been teaching the orthopedic course for many years, and people who studied orthopedic course with me 15 years ago, um, I do it, it's the same approach, but my, some of the combinations, some of my own views have changed, of course. So, so uh, it got, and definitely got totally influenced by Dr. Wong. So then things have definitely evolved and changed. But anyway, in um, sometimes maybe in the early to mid 90s, uh, I started to press point, test points before meeting Dr. Wong, test points to see before needling them to see if it makes the pain better. Um, so I actually study the sports medicine kind of distal approach to sports medicine when I was a student with a teacher in California named John Stanky. And um, I'd spent some time with him actually studying this idea of distal approach. So not using as many local points, just mainly relying on distal points. I really like that. But um, initially when we studied, when I studied first practicing, first start practicing, I would needle points, uh, stimulate point pairs, have somebody move, see if it makes it better. If it did not make it better, I would take needles out and re-needle. At some point, and I remember I was thinking about it today. Um, when did it actually happen that I made this jump about pressing points? I don't remember. So sometimes in a uh, few years after pra start pra starting practice, I start pressing points to see if it made a difference. Um, and I remember in the beginning, I was really fascinated by, by this ability, applying pressure to the acupuncture point and actually getting instant feedback to see so if something gets better or not. Um, yeah, and initially I'd walk with people up and down the stairs, pressing did all kinds of crazy stuff, tried to figure this out. Um, so how were you selecting points then? Were you just basically, were you also feeling for changes, abnormal changes at those points, or were you just selecting points based on their point functions, or, or in the past, in the 90s? Oh, so unfortunately I did not have um, wisdom of Dr. Wong to guide me to channel palpation. So I did not palpate the channels. I took, you know, I would do normal stuff, pulse and tongue, and then I look where the, you know, where the pain is and rely on location of the pain 
kind of have idea which channel it was. As I figured out very quickly, uh, well, not that quickly, not everything is Taeyang channel. It could also be Shaolin, you know, so it's like, oh, it's Taeyang, but it's not. So yeah, I relied mainly on location of the point, some uh, movement of certain joints, see which way they move, which way is uh, pain or restriction of movement, figure out which channel it was. Okay, but were you, when you were palpating, deciding which point to press, were you just pressing every point on the channel? Affected oh, channel, no. were you selecting points based on their fat category, their, their function, or? Yeah, category. And uh, again, I think I started doing this right away because uh, I, I started John's, you know, my teacher talked about points, but again, main points of focus at that time was stream point, which are great, stream point. So that was the main with, you know, some Jingwell points and some other points, but really uh, stream points were the big, points that we use. Why is that? Well, stream points, as you know, they're good for, you know, for wind damp type of conditions and uh, they're used for what's so-called arthritic disorders. But they, points are really good for pain in general. Now, now they have a little bit better understanding. Of course, there's a, stream points are a little more complicated. At least my understanding of stream points are more complicated and the ability to actually use the warmth of Taeyang uh, or to warmth of the yarn, um, they have effect on yarn chi to kind of to warm and move the channel, promote circulation. Yeah, but as years went on, I realized that to other points you can't be stuck and just using your stream point. Yeah. And um, yeah, but that's how it started. And what's interesting thing that happened with that as I start palpating for musculoskeletal stuff, I mean, pressing points, musculoskeletal stuff, I start doing that for everything else, anything that could be changed. So this thing could happen for if somebody has acute asthma or somebody has stomach pain or somebody has a headache or somebody has anything that could be changed right away. Right away. If somebody feels bloating, somebody feels like this breast distension, whatever it is, chest tightness. So you could test, um, Anything, but not anything. Obviously, chronic conditions you can test, though. Yeah, and if if the channels are healthy, if the channels are healthy, uh, then they'll respond very quickly. Um, I say about eighty percent. I say eighty percent. I don't have a data on it, but uh, about eighty percent of the time you get instant feedback. When you don't, now I understand why we don't get feedback. This channel is not the channel system is not healthy enough to uh, convey information. You're not gonna get a feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, one thing I was wondering, so when you're uh, treating patients, uh, like when you're pressing the points, you're seeing an immediate uh, change, right? You're like, they'll yeah. say, oh, it feels better. This feels better, right? Yeah. But then after the treatment, are you also expecting to see like an immediate relief? I like, when I've had debates with people, I like when somebody comes in musculoskeletal condition, whether it's chronic, or acute. I demand of myself that to have a difference. I don't always succeed, but I demand to have a difference right away. And if there's no difference, uh, depending on condition, I might have to rethink what I'm doing. Will you just uh, wait for the next treatment to change the approach if you think there's no immediate change at the first treatment? Or will you, yeah. on that treatment itself, will you add another point maybe? Oh, you, well, Separate, two separate things. So with acute conditions, if there is no immediate result, um, I definitely want to add something or change something. Now, 
if I tested the points and the point made a difference, there's going to be a result unless I didn't needle the point properly. Mm -hmm. um, if there's not enough results, sometime I could add something during the treatment. I do these things frequently. But if uh, I treat somebody and they're not feeling better, in this is general, I uh, rethink what I did and uh, I might change it. Now, of course, for some chronic internal conditions, of course, I, it's a different approach. You sometimes need to do a few treatments. You need to do, you know, we're talking about more muscle, more pain, musculoskeletal kind of condition. Uh, I don't buy this thing that I'm going to continue doing something that might not be working for 10 times or five times and it may get better. I like, I like to get a, um, I like to get a result pretty quickly and I don't do too much. So if I did something that did not work, I clearly, I know that did them, this didn't work, I could, tr I could use it maybe different channel, repalpate and okay. something else. So then once you started uh, studying channel palpation or with Dr. Wong, that's when your approach changed a bit or adapted a bit and in what way, how did it change? So now I don't have to, uh, I have this tool that I could actually examine the channel and be much clearer which channel is affected. So this is a very important part that people, are, especially people that study with me, frequently, because I do things so quick, they think that I just go and just start palpating point, testing random points to see if somebody gets better. But I know I always palpate the channel, first do diagnostic with channel palpation. And then after I figured out which point, I have an idea which channel to select, then I'm going to start testing. If one does not do that, and even if they get results, they're not going to get results all the time. It's, you need to go through this process, otherwise it's just skipping the whole diagnostic process. So once you started doing channel palpation, did it change like which points you were going to press? Or were you still using the I same way of thinking? Wong. Starting with Dr. Wong, of course. Uh, inst yeah, I mean, inst I was sort of this more tunnel vision based on stream points and other points. Everything is open and longer I pra uh, studied with Dr. Wong and practiced, uh, I kept changing my PowerPoints, kept changing my notes when I taught this, because I was like, well, I don't do this anymore, I do. So now when I talk about points I use for, uh, for orthopedic, I pretty much talk about five shoe points and source low shoe points, all the points that we use, because for different, yeah, so I use uh, most distal points that we in general use. Now some more than others, and I have my favorites, and they're favorites because I tend, they tend to be more, uh, frequently be the one I use more because I get more results with them. But anyway, you have to stay open. There's a dep depends on how the channel reacts, how the uh, to the problem, or how it responds when you needle it. I mean, there's any condition itself, of course. Yeah. So when you're nowadays, when you're doing the pressing point things, are you pressing points where you feel an actual change in the channel? Not necessarily. Okay. So when do you decide, like, how do you decide which point to press? So let, let me back up here. So there were many different uh, approaches to treat um, uh, orthopedics with distal points. There's lots, you know, there's, which, and there's all these different methods. I like, in general, except for super acute conditions, uh, I like treating affected channel. I really do. There's a problem in Taeyang channel. I like to treat Taeyang channel as a problem. But I go to the yin-yang related channel only when it's requires in cases like, you know, 
you guys talked about McCormick or something. It's not the first, but first, I like to treat the fact of general. So that's that's first. And then um, I'll pop it in if there are large changes, if there are changes that active, active changes in the channel around certain areas, like stream points, so I'm definitely going to test those points. What do you mean so, by active changes? Active channels, when they, when they um, change, it is painful, swollen and painful. Like sometimes when somebody has acute injury, not just acute injury, acute, but in acute injury, sometimes you even pop it, it's not even a nodule. It's like a little swelling and it's really painful. To me, that means that the channel is responding to actual injury that's happening uh, at this moment as an active response to it. So I definitely want to take that into consideration. I test the area there. But otherwise, I use, you know, I think about the channel, what the channel does, what the problem is, and try to test certain points first. On some point, on some channels, a low point seem to be much more common to treat certain conditions, for me at least. And some, and part of it is theory, and part of it is also experience. You know that. But I always make sure, just because I like this specific point, because it tends to help all the time. I don't just test. I will test other ones too that could fit. Like I would test like Sanjay five and Sanjay three, Shushima and Luo. Even though I find Luo frequently does more, but you have to. Otherwise, you're going to miss stuff, and you might miss you know, the treatment that this actually is better. And you've seen me do this, right? Right. It's like kind of, it's a, I just do it now. I've done it so long, I can. So I just do palpation. I could do some talk and do this with my hands just moving around. Right. Yeah, so like Jason, the, the question he wanted to know, he was like, ask him, what are you actually feeling when you feel these like active, what you're calling active points, I guess? Okay. Or are active maybe, regions? Yeah, hold on a second. We talked, him and I talked about this. We talking about actually something different. I'm gonna, so when I talk about swellings, we talk about uh, this, the change is active. But within, and this is told from Dr. Wong, uh, and you remember when Dr. Wong found, when he was to needle, he found a point that within the point he would like really palpate, find an area that was sensitive, like, and then he would needle into that area. So what I found more and more, and the reason I think I'm able to use less points, when I find a point, within a point, now this is within actual point, I find the area of the most activity, I think. I find the area the most sensitive with a small point. So I remember Jason as well, isn't like the nodule itself is gonna be a lot of times more sensitive, but no, there's not a nodule, it's in the space. Frequently you could find the area that's more sensitive. So I tried to needle right into the, that area. So it's still into the space, right? You're not kneeling into the nut. Well, of course. And um, my opinion, not just my opinion, our opinion, if you're not needling to a space, you're not needling to the point, which is fine. You're doing something else. And you're not needling to the channel, right? So we're, we're trying to needle into the channels, which are the, the spaces. Right. Or you needle into channel where stuff got stuck. Needle something got stuck in the channel. You're not needling part of the channel that's active and open. And yeah. Yeah, that's perfectly makes perfect sense. And then when you're pressing on these uh, points, do you ask the patients questions? Are you asking like, does it feel better? Or do you're doing yeah, like so movements too, like making them? Yeah, better? of course. So if it's a movement, I see if there's, um, 
you have to uh, I have to ask them you know, move your arm, move your, whatever it is. Or if it's not a move, some with certain injuries you can't move. Say if it, how does it feel? So and I wanna and I've learned this over the years. Um, I wanna if somebody says, oh yeah, I think it feels better. That means to me it means it's not feeling better. I wanna be like, oh, it does. Some kind of almost unless the regular patient is surprised because usually when somebody feels it feels better right away from just pressing, people are surprised. So I want to make sure it's a clear change. Doesn't mean it feels completely better. It doesn't usually, but it, it changes. The pain changes, and that's what I'm looking for. Do you ever um, find that when you press on a point that, in some cases, like rare cases, they might feel more pain in that area? Yes. And then, do you think that's a good sign or a bad sign, or does it? No, I've been asked many times. I do not know. But what I learned over the years not to needle into that. I don't okay. Need, it makes it worse. If the point is I don't needle it. I do I don't know. Uh my um yeah, this happens not what it happens sometimes. And uh I why would I I mean if I have to rationalize, why would I needle in a point that obviously aggravates the condition, right? Right, right. Yeah, at least that's uh if I don't help somebody, it's fine. I mean, I like to help somebody. I definitely like not to make people worse. And we all have done, you know, I've done it. I've made stuff more aggravated. So I try not to. Because sometimes I found that like, yeah, you find a point and at least that, well, I don't think it's a bad thing when they, if you press on a point and they, it feels worse. Because I think that, that at least it shows that there's a connection, I think, between mm-hmm. well, on that, that point with the, the area of pain. So it could still reflect that that channel is oh, of related oh, to yeah. the main issue, right? Yeah, but would you need, do you need all that area? Uh, I would, because I see it, it's rare, right? But I would say generally, I, I might still select that channel for treatment. I don't know if I would still well, use that be. point, but yeah. Yeah, for sure, the channel, but I'm not, I don't use the point. Yeah, yeah, it still makes me consider like, like that reaction, how much of it is um, like a negative stimuli, if that makes sense. Like how much yeah. of it is just like a response, like just to show that there is a connection between this point and that local area of pain. But if it makes it worse, then yeah. it's got to be then on the, so definitely connection with each other. Some of the children yeah. make it better. Right, right, right. And then you can like press around on other points to see which one like right. provides right. Uh, relief. I guess. But my, rea- my first, and I'm not saying I'm right, but my thought is not to needle the point that makes it worse. Right. I think that generally, I think like what you're saying, it seems like when you do that point pressing technique, generally when you find the, the right point, like what, I guess what you're saying the active point, like generally they feel, feel better, right? They'll be like, oh yeah, it feels different. Yeah. If you get it right. Yeah. yeah, if you get it right and you get really, if you get it right, when we get it right, the result is very quick and you could use very few points. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't mind using very few points. I know we had this discussion many times. Sometimes I would use just very few points, and I'm okay not getting results. Well, I would like to get results, okay, but because then if you don't use a bunch of channels together, then you have a very clear message. Doesn't mean I, I use more than one channel, of course, but the the, the message again, the stimulus has got to be cohesive. Something, yeah. Do you have any uh, any cases that pop out in your mind just about using this point pressing? I even though you use it every day, so, but the Everybody, one that... Yeah. <laughs> um, I've, uh, not really, I mean, this is something I do every day, I don't know. Okay, let me, because uh, in the previous uh, discussion with uh, Jason, we're, we're talking about this uh, big lumps you can feel at GB21. 
like those mm -hmm. rock like changes. I can see it. And then, like he was talking about unilateral ones, because I think in my clinic I generally see them bilaterally. For, um, but he was talking about unilaterally, and he would try like you know obviously the point pressing technique. And okay. I was just wondering what your thoughts would be on if you see the general. This like a unilateral pain at GB twenty one. What would you? Your first step. I'm gonna say it depends. It depends. <laughs> oh yeah. So if it's a unilateral pain, I would first assume again depends what work somebody does, it seems like somebody does something that's involving some kind of work across one part of the body. Lots of times it's muscle type. So I would probably do some hand manipulation first. Probably do some tweeting out, we'll loosen this up. And then I think frequently a Shaoyang channel, but not necessarily. So I would, that would be the first thing I'd check. I mean, I, I think, but it, it, I mean, you know, Taiyang channel goes there too. So it's, I mean, things are close and Yangming channel is just next to it. So again, that's why I always say it depends. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, like when I see that, sometimes I like, again, like what you're saying, if it's a Taiyang or is it a Shaoyang issue in that, that region. But sometimes you, for me, sometimes I might use like Do19 or I might use like Ding Jiejie, right, to help relax that region. In the neck because sometimes it seems like it's like the entire it's not just even though they have tightness there it's like the entire back or shoulders have issues well, of course if yeah. it's entire back and yeah. shoulders sure yeah i think because a lot of the patients i'm seeing are they like bilateral like rock like changes at the gb 21s the whole thing is tight and yeah yeah because yeah. in beijing i'm seeing a lot of patients who are like you know they do a lot of desk work they're in the it like computer work stuff or like um Fast accountants you know just like hunched over a computer all the time so they're like that so then like for me like that's the first point i might i might consider using like do 19 or like the ding jie jie the x the point beside lateral to do 19. let me ask you something i'm going to interview you for a second so, tell <laughs> me. <laughs> so when do you decide do you check obviously i know the answer but i'm going to ask you do you check do 19 area or you just need somebody comes in with this Problem, you're like, oh, I'm just going to needle do 19. Obviously, you still have to. It depends. I have to say that too. <laughs> no, okay. But I'll still do, you know, like uh, distal palpation. Like, generally, no, like. In the area, do you find, is there something you need to find around do 19 where you say, oh, I should really use this point? Uh, I think, first of all, I, yeah, first, I do uh, three things to confirm if I'm going to use do 19. One is checking if, like, the Taiyang channels have changes, like hand, hand and or foot Taiyang. Um, and then I check, I just do gentle like palpation on the back. And if I feel like they have tightness from the neck all the way down to the back, then generally, you know, I think that do 19 might be effective. And then I palpate the, um, you know, do 19 point area. And, and usually you try to find some kind of sensitivity, like the either will be like that kind of bouncy kind of feeling, like spongy feeling. And if you press on it, it's really sore. Mm -hmm. um, but if, you know, like, or it has that really empty feeling, like there's no sheer blood there. It's just like really just skin and skull. Like that is all, and then if you press on it, it's like ah, it's sore. So in those cases, I might consider using do nineteen. But if you press on, they have no no changes whatsoever. Then I won't won't use it. That, that's exactly what that's that's what I do too. I just wanna I want you to say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but do nineteen, like yeah, it's really important because like when you do get it right, like we're talking about just like how you're talking about with distal point pressing, like when you do locate it properly and you and that point is involved with the main issue that usually the results are generally you get some kind of result right oh amazing sometimes yeah yeah. Results are amazing. yeah yeah 
So I'm like, um, yeah, like that's why I think when Dr. Wong in his clinic for a lot of patients, even though they had like distal Taiyang channel changes and maybe they had like neck pain or back pain, he would just use do 19 a lot of times. Right. And, and they'd be like, Oh, that's it. And you're like, yep, that's it. And then go home with the needle in your head for, for like eight, five hours. Do <laughs> I don't do it. Yeah. I don't do it either. I, I just leave the needles in for the 20 minutes, but or, and it still has an effect, I think. Right. So for sure. I've done it on people laying down. It's not as good. I've done mm -hmm. it sometimes. I've added that. But you know, people, it still helps, but not as as good as when you get somebody sitting and you go through the whole process of. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I had one like some of the Chinese patients. They'll, they'll, they're when I mentioned like, oh, Doctor Wang, he would leave the, you know, the needle in. They'd be like, oh, really? Okay, leave it in. And so some of the patients are they're okay with it. Yeah, well, I mean, I would think liability. And, you know, some people get really sense, like if you leave the dew point in the head, they get kind of weird, like. Yeah, they might feel like, you know, sometimes it can get tight in that area, right? Like if you don't, you know, kind of release the needle a little bit. So sometimes be like, oh, I'm a little sore in that area. So if they go home yeah. and they, they might feel, oh, it's kind of sore there for a while. And mainly I don't do it because, you know, liability, I don't want to. You're not supposed to do that right. I were you there when Dr. Wang needle do 19 on me when I was his patient and not not his student like a long time ago? Yeah. The first time like I was his like before I was his uh student, I was his patient, right? And like I, that's when I'm that's when I met you, we became friends. When yeah, you know, we were friends before uh we have a unique yeah. We have a unique relationship because I think you with like Jason, Nisa, and May, you were their teacher, right? Right. We that were not no. We were just we did a lot of horseback riding. <laughs> right, exactly. That was fun. That was my uh, best summer uh, in Beijing. I think one of my best summers. Mine too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like every. You know, summer in Beijing was when your child was born. Come on. Oh, that, oh, of course. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was the best. That was a very yeah, stressful was summer. <laughs> Stress. Well, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scratch that off, yeah. <laughs> but yes, of course. But like, I remember that, yeah, so that the, uh, when Dr. Ron needled that do 19 in me, and I had no idea what was going on. I was like, and then he told me to take it home with me. So I was like, okay. So I, I was riding my bicycle back home and this like old Beijinger guy like was in the bicycle behind me. And he caught up to me. He's like, you have, you have a needle in your head. And I was like, yes, I, I know. He's like, what? What's the point of that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and then, uh, that's all I remember about do 19 when I was a, uh, his patient. Yeah. Yeah. You had lots of different treatments. I, I have a picture of you getting fire needle by Dr. Wong. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really interesting experience. Yeah. Well, do you use fire needling? No. Ever tried it? Yeah. And your thoughts on it? Uh, it's not my, uh, I mean, I, it may be in severe cases I'm consider. But I, yeah, no, it's, I know it's popular. Is it still popular in China? It was popular when we were in China. It yeah, I think right? it's definitely still popular. There's that uh, teacher, Hoparin, who was actually the, the doctor who was in the same clinic room as Dr. Wang. And he was, he's well known for using uh, fire needling and that to treat a lot of pain, pain disorders. Mm -hmm. So I think there are still a lot of people studying that, that method. Um, yeah, one thing I remember about our horseback riding days was when, uh, when uh, 
at the I remember one night where we were there with who was it? It was Cindy, you and me were the three main people who would always go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh anyway, but I remember we were all like it was like time's up and we went to rest for a bit because it was it was getting late and then but you were still riding around in circles on that one horse. That? Do you remember that one horse you really liked? Oh wait, when we did it in the ring? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a great horse. It was actually a racehorse that retired and it yeah. never wanted to stop. <laughs> you get out, you just keep, it was a really sweet horse. Yeah. Kept going. So I remember, from what I remember, we were just, the rest of us were just, we were tired. So we we're just sitting there and we we're just watching you going around and around in circles. And like the, um, the coach, uh, he was just like, wow, that guy's really persistent. <laughs> He's really hardworking. <laughs> well, That's I what I remember. I was just having fun. Yeah, but I think that you approach a lot of things in that way. You're pretty, get really focused on it and you really try to get a mastery of it. Oh, mastery, I don't know. Uh, sure, yes, thank you, John. I'm not and, sure about that. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so um, I think that's a good summary of a general idea of how you approach to this kind of point pressing method of yeah. treating orthopedic well, issues. The key, again, the key is to. Uh, First, do diagnosis. So palpate the channels, get an idea what's going on with the channels. Then decide which, which channel you're going to select or test it first. And then on those points, on those channel pick points you think would do be most appropriate for the job. And one thing I didn't mention, actually really important. So when I press points to test what's going to help somebody, I also do partial diagnosis. And let me clarify this. So Let's say I'm pressing, I press multis in three, it's not helping, but then I tr press multis in four, source point, that helps. Actually clarifies to me, it's not just I'm gonna maybe use multis in four, the condition has some of the lines, some kind of deficiency. That's perfect, that's awesome. So that actually helps me clarify the actual diagnosis by doing it. So you have to be kind of, so it's definitely not random pressing. So I'm very precise at which points I'm gonna test first. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so thanks, Yafim. And uh, we're going to continue these discussions. There's so many things to talk about. So this is... That's fun. This is more fun than I thought it would be. Oh, that's good. I'm happy you're having fun. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fun. You know, and I don't like being on a computer. It's kind of weird. I'm used to teaching in person, but, you know, that's okay. the new reality. <laughs> okay. Um, and we'll see you soon.